0: I'm gonna make
1: him an off I feel the need, the need for me, for a He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fanick. Go ahead. Make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids. Uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. talking to me. Together they bring you the best movies you've never seen.
2: I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you.
1: Rent BioStream, Stream the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. The best movies you've never seen.
2: The first rule of Fight Club
1: is, you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennec and Trevor Long. This is the captain.
2: Brace for impact.
0: Welcome back to the best movies you've never seen. Great to have your company. My name is Stephen Fennec. I am the movie nerd of this podcast, and I'm joined by the non-movie nerd,
2: Mr. Trevor Long. How are you, Trev? I'm just a nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'm a car nerd. You're the movie nerd, and we're both tech nerds. So, well, Point is, we're both nerds. Yep.
0: This week, we're looking at a recent classic, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, this is the biopic about Queen. It was released in... 2018 only, only three years ago focuses of course on the band and mainly on freddie mercury and that incredible performance at live aid it was directed by brian singer brian singer was a director uh, who had earlier worked on x-men and another classic we might get to this in the show as well the usual suspects that's uh Ooh, i've heard of that yeah. yeah that's a really good movie so You had seen a bit of this, bits of it on planes, is that right? I'm
2: pretty confident in terms of my impressions while coming into this. I'm confident I've seen bits of this and now having watched it without going into detail, bits of it definitely stood out to me as I'd seen this, but there's no way. Like this still had me going uh, through this full watch. So I think it was one of those ones I tried to watch on planes because we were travelling a lot when this came out. Um, And, you know, I'm a massive fan of Queen, like in my top three probably. um, Choice choices to listen to in terms of music especially live so that live aid performance you know is iconic um it was a big part of the promos it was a big part of the the press junket tour as well i remember seeing um them talk about it and, and and show that kind of as a a key moment of of acting basically because it was a brilliant performance. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah keen, keen for some great music is what I came into this with. Yeah, well, you weren't alone
0: there. A lot of buzz around the movie, a lot of anticipation, especially from fans of the band. You imagine being a big fan of Queen. You were just praying, please don't stuff this up. And yeah. oh, I think they did a pretty good job. Whether you're a fan or not, uh, you knew about Queen. You knew about Freddie Mercury. And we'll talk later about the reaction and the fact of the fiction, but there was – Mixed reactions from diehard fans about the accuracy of the movie. And as I said, we'll delve into the fact v fiction later. But mm. the Academy loved Bohemian Rhapsody. It had five nominations for four wins. Rami Malik won for Best Actor for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. It also won for best film editing, best sound editing, and best
2: sound mixing. Is
0: sound editing and sound mixing the same thing? They've got two different awards. Yeah, I, I
2: would have thought yeah. they're the same thing. But but Rami, I mean, I first saw Rami in was it Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot, it was yes, big show we watched a few oh. years ago, um, and he has just gone to to heights. Uh, and, you yeah. know, winning an Oscar, and it was it's a good performance. We'll
0: talk Absol- about it. Absolutely, yeah. It was nominated also for best picture, but it lost to Green Book. The film, uh, unfortunate, they they won four of though. Four out of five ain't bad. Now this is the point of the podcast that we like to call the last exit before the freeway. So we're going to get into right into the scenes. We're going to spoil. Although, can you spoil this movie? Like, no way. <laughs> hey? Like, can it's a you spoil good point. It? Actually,
2: yeah, I, I think there's some there's though. some things you learn, um, which you'll unpack yeah, for yeah. me as fact or fiction. But there's things you learn that that could be spoiled.
0: Well, either way, if you want to go off and watch the film and then come back and listen to what we have to say about it, this is your chance, and you can watch it
2: on Fetch. Of course, and uh, Fetch are proud sponsors of the best movies you've never seen, and we thank them for that. And I uh, fired up the Fetch box um, and just did a voice search for Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was given the option to either rent or buy it on the movie store or watch it on stand. Phenomenal to me how many of these movies we're choosing are on stand, and I can then watch them. Uh, on the Fetchbox. You can rent or buy. And one of the other things I I think people should know about the Fetchbox is so many movies come to mind and you might not be in the the zone or have the time to watch a movie, find the movie on Fetch, add it to your wish list so that it's there for you to easily find. You don't have to search, you don't have to browse. It's right there in your wish list, making it easy to find things uh, in in your My Stuff area of the Fetch box. So a great little box, great little system, and if you're looking to get a Fetch, you can find them at major retailers or check with your internet provider, see if they might provide Fetch as a part of a monthly subscription. Okay, if you're
0: still listening to us, you're ready to go. We're just about to get on stage <laughs> and talk about the movie now. And now, so we're up to the part of the podcast where we get your impressions now after, I'm I'm going to say this is the first time you've probably seen it in its entirety. Yeah, you've absolutely. Pieces of it. But you saw it all in one go. So what are your impressions after that?
2: Mate, my impressions are outstanding, a properly good movie. Not too much on stuff that doesn't really matter. That's what I loved about it was it really skipped along, yeah. like you could easily, as a screenwriter, director, in any role in this in this production, you could have gone, "Let's do more on that." Let's, like you could have spent like twenty minutes on certain sections of this movie, but they just skipped over stuff. Not not in a bad way, but in a it didn't. You'd established that fact. You'd established that thing move on and into the next thing. And I I felt that was a really powerful thing because it it was important to get so much into the story if you dwelled on anything. And, you know, let's be clear, his sexuality is one of the biggest parts of his story, but it didn't need to be dwelled on. And I think it was perfectly addressed, and that's one of the many, many things that I think was done well and may well have been, and you'll correct me, but may well have been one of the things that was critical, uh, people were critical of.
0: I think you're right. It did, it did uh, move along at a nice pace. It was two hours, 15, I believe, the run time. Could have easily been a three hour movie. I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. They did, I think that it was the right length. They did, uh, they did a good job there. And, and you're right, The sort of the highlight reel was there. All the things that we knew and some things we didn't know were all presented pretty well. Hmm. So what's your tweet on this one? What are you tweeting
2: out to your many followers on, about this movie? I'm tweeting, I love Queen, some of the best music of all time. Bohemian Rhapsody is as much a story of the band as it is Freddie Mercury, a real insight into the music making process too, which I think helps establish the fact that this is not just a story of Freddie Mercury. It's not just a story of Queen. I love the music making part of this. I think that was my big takeout.
0: We've heard all the songs. It was fascinating to get a look at how, where they came from. That was really, that was a part of the movie I enjoyed. I saw this in the cinemas, actually, back when it was out, and I have been a fan of Queen for quite a while. I think I wore out my vinyl copy of Queen's greatest hits, you know, the one with the black cover, and the first song on it is Another One Bites the Dust. I think I played that to to death.
2: One of my great mates uh, from high school, Sketty, uh, Stephen Paul, um, had a double CD, uh, Queen Live at Wembley, and I'm, Not ashamed to admit, I stole it. Um, (laughs) it (laughs) uh, Look, if he is, I apologise, and I'll give you a couple couple of months of Apple Music because you can get it there now. But it's one of the, honestly, it's not the Live Aid concert. It's a full wall-to-wall queen out there, absolute hills, uh, live at Wembley. It's a stunning album and and well worth a listen.
0: But this movie, I think, if you're not a Queen fan, you'll become one. If if you yeah. just know them a little bit, you'll want to listen to more of it. So let's talk about the cast. And, and we mentioned Rami Malek, and he played Freddie Mercury. They say that he was cast in this role because he had a very similar jawline to uh, to Freddie Mercury. And as you said, he was well known for his role in Mr. Robot. That was mm-hmm. a phenomenal show. But you you're a fan of Gilmore Girls, right? Yeah. His acting debut was in one episode of Gilmore Girls back in two thousand and four.
2: So you've been twelve.
0: In, uh, no, he was in 2004. I don't know how old he was then, but he was in that. So maybe on your next rewatch of Gilmore Girls, keep an eye uh-huh. out for that episode from 2004. He's also the villain in the new uh, upcoming Bond film, No yes. Time to Die. So he's in that. Uh, Lucy Boynton plays Mary Austin, and she was recently in the, in the remake of Murder on the Orient Express. Now, the guys who were in the band, the actors, how much do they look like them? Such a good job matching them up. That's
2: ridiculous. and I, I worry that's a problem with um, biopics like this is, I mean, Rami Malik, a brilliant actor, and, and the makeup with the teeth, which we'll talk about, was good. But imagine being cast not just because you're a great actor, but because you jawline matched. I mean, yeah. I think it's important because it actually it helps make the yeah. story. I think it helped make the story, you know, that the big hair, it, it if if it didn't play out well, if they didn't look the same, you wouldn't have that level of kind of, I guess, uh, acceptance or connection with the band.
0: Well, I think they nailed the likeness. So Willem Lee played Brian May. He actually recently started an Australian film, Top End Wedding. He was in that uh, shortly after Bohemian Rhapsody. Ben Hardy played Roger Taylor, the drummer, and he'd had starred previously in X-Men Apocalypse and was also recently in a film called The Voyeurs. Joseph Mazzello played John Deacon and now of you you might remember him from the social network he played Dustin Moskovitz remember from social network mm, and yep. again I'll mention again and you won't even know this but our audience might go oh yeah <laughs> he was a little kid in Jurassic Park <laughs> It was the kid in Jurassic Park. Do you remember that one? Okay. I think I told you that during Social Network, and you just went over the top of your head, did no reaction at all. Anyway, let's dive into the memorable scenes. And I love how this movie kicks off. It starts off kind of at the end, eh? So Live Aid, they're there. You're thinking, hang on, what is this? And Freddie's is in his white singers getting ready for to the, to go on stage for Live Aid, and then it cuts back to the very beginning. So you go yeah. back to London in 1970
2: and i think that's smart because it, it, it with the first the first scene of you know the flashbacks in the is you know Freddy, he's a baggage handler um, they take their time with with the way they compose um, rami in those opening scenes at live aid that they choose for the opening and as a baggage handler because the teeth don't really appear early like in the first minute they they appear in the yep. first 5 minutes and i think that's very well done um I love the fact that they're, they're flicking between it all showing this is the first time you realize they're showing real live aid footage, like in the TV van. And it's clearly Grinch. I'd love to see a behind the scenes of this because, Yep. That concert scene amazed me, and you'll tell me more about about that. I'm yes, sure I will. I it's just will. really well integrated. And I, I yeah. think then, you, you, then you go to his family. Like, there's a lot that happens in that early a lot part. Of
0: exposition. you need to kind of get to know that he's a foreign kid, so he's yep. born in India. He's, he's, got a, a, he's a Paki, you yeah, know, he's born the Paki, and he goes, "I'm not from Pakistan." But um, you, you can tell there's a bit of tension there with the old man as well. Yeah, and, and that that
2: line from his dad comes in early to "good thoughts, good deeds," and that's repeated a few Absolutely. times throughout. Yeah, it is, so certainly is. Well, the we move on, and
0: I think this is kind of the this is the moment that makes me he says he says, I'm going out. He goes, I'm going and he ends up going out to the live gig. He tells his family he's going out. Hmm. And then he goes to watch the band at the time was called Smile. Um, because I think Roger Taylor, the drummer, was a he was actually a, a dental student dentist to learn to become a dentist at college. <laughs> and um, but he went to the he went to the to the concert and then Met up with them afterwards and then pitched himself as a singer. He goes, Look, you know, I think one of the guys took off on them and, and it just to an opportune moment. That, that, that actually was ha- real. The right did, the singer did quit. The lead singer did, of
2: Smile quit there. to go he, and play ha- with Humpy Bong, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> which is the name of my primary yeah. school, so that's why <laughs> that stuck with me. <laughs> and never heard from again, of course. At this point.
0: <laughs> not, not you, I'm talking about the singer, but uh, the but I like the line Roger Taylor shoots back, and goes, Not with those teeth, mate, he says to him, <laughs> but then he, um. We see kind of his, his flamboyant style, but then he just yeah. breaks out in a song, and they go, "Hang on a minute, hey, this- this- I And mean, that's what a great cool. pitch.
2: If you if you yeah. had to interview as a lead singer, you got to sing. Well, you got to right? sing, of course. So that's right. Ain't yeah, no yeah, point yeah. just being a smartass. Right. Yeah, you got to sing.
0: That's right. Yeah, you got to be singing. So, um, um, yeah, so that was that set him off on the road, and then they were they were up
2: on stage. I think the interesting thing about this moment was where he, you know, he's, he meets this girl and, and the friend of the girl kind of lets him know how he can track it down. You see this flamboyance of him, Um, you know, and it's an important thing to see early. Although at that point, the problem with a, a, a movie, a story like this is we know the story. So, we know Freddie Mercury's gay. We we know that yeah. he's not just flamboyant in his attire; he's yeah. flamboyant as a human. And I thought that was a fascinating kind of insight because then, you know, he's meeting this, he's, he's flirting with this girl. Mm. Um, but that was an important part of the movie. I agree, though. He that relationship he had with Mary, mm. that was and,
0: and true in real life as well. Yep. That was kind of his his uh, the. The, the, that little dichotomy of this that he, he's is he gay is he, he proposes to this woman at one point yeah, so yeah. that that was an interesting character portrayal of him it was a total opposition of is he gay is he not and so imagine we are thinking about that
2: imagine this movie if you don't know the story of queen you don't know the story of freddie mercury and and let's be clear um mm. i mean i, I didn't know, you know that about mary and him no but no but so so yeah. just think about this so this next scene where where he has his first gig um yeah. and and it's the band, he's on stage. If you don't know the story, you're wondering how is this going to work out for him because he's he's flummoxing. He's not, yeah. he doesn't look like he's ready. He's frigging around with the mic stand. And, and it was at this point where he pulled the mic stand like apart. So it was just the long stand away from the the bass stand. And I I know that I'd seen him almost iconically with that because Robbie Williams does it as well. Oh, Robbie right. Williams liked the mic oh, man, with, right. a, with a stand. Okay, hey? yeah, right. It, it be, I feel like that's a that's a nod to Freddie, but that happens within this and those establishment moments. I think are really cool parts of the movie.
0: And then we'll see so we, what I like about the part of the film here. Now there's no drag in our feet. We're into it. Oh no, yeah. A year later, boom. They this sell is like one of those moments van. where
2: I hit pause to go. How long is this movie? <laughs> like, is this going to be over in a minute?
0: Yeah, right. But it, it was yeah. Suddenly, a year later, they're selling the van to record the album. Mm-hmm. Um, that they wanted to fund the album, and uh, that led them to their EMI meeting. Remember they met um, yeah. John Miles, the, the manager? At like a pub. And, yeah, and Printer, which who becomes uh, Freddie's buddy. And then, again, we're quickly rushing forward now. The, suddenly they're on on TV, on on Top of the Pops. So they learn about they learn, live TV
2: because yeah. it's not live. Like, hey, hey, it's Saturday over here, Top of the Pops. It's not and, live performance. And they, it's they were the
0: complaining, yeah, complaining about the lip syncing, but yeah. – uh, the and then and then suddenly they're off on a tour.
2: And he's proposing oh, anyway. not just a tour, but they're going they're going to the US. And, and so yeah. this is this is escalation. And I guess you do question at this point: are they pushing really too quickly through this, or is this a genuine kind of um, display yeah. of that's how big of they were? Like, yeah, because I think, that's well, the thing. I think they were.
0: They really took off early. I think that yeah. first album and the tour that that was that kind of put them on the map.
2: Because the the US manager was talking up. about maybe Japan, but then they did yeah. the, the top of the pops they got a phone call, and they're going to the u s so that was a very clear way of it's funny how when you look at a script um after the fact and you go so there's a there's two important lines the first one is that meeting at the pub where he goes you know don't don't get too big ahead of yourself I'm thinking Japan you know that kind of area for a tour and then a couple of scenes later it's it's we're going to the u s and yeah. those two lines combined make you realize. Boom! This is bigger than they thought it would be, and that's yeah, absolutely. It's really fascinating that part, of it, isn't
0: it? I took them by surprise, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh,
2: so they're on a they're on a US tour, and it's again, it's really well done. They they've got all these performances. Can you imagine actually filming this? They've got to set up multiple the
0: names of the cities, popping up on the screen. Yeah,
2: names names of the city popping up. They've got to reshoot every kind of performance. They've got everyone on the stage differently, announcing. You know, we love Denver, we love Chicago, whatever it is. It was very well done. I thought it was a really nice way of representing a tour, as well as just putting in some, you know, uh, RVs and, and buses in between, because that's how they get around.
0: Yeah, but uh, I think part part on while he was on tour, I think that was kind of the first insight. Remember at the truck stop, he yeah. she exchanges that glance with the truckie at the truck stop. You are thinking because well, he have a moment?
2: Yeah, you know he's he's proposed to Mary by this point. Like this is right. like he's proposed seconds before the boys burst in and say they got a US tour. Yeah, so he's on the phone to Mary, and I'm thinking it's strange she's not there on the tour because there's there's other people yeah. on the tour. But okay. Um, is that a plot hole or is that just the way it was back then? You know, um, he's, he's on the phone to her at a truck stop. This trucker pulls up, you know, typical trucker, you'd say, he goes into the men's room and all that happens is Freddie just gives him a second glance and you get another shot of the men's room. Well, it's not like they did. show what goes on. It's just no. this planting a seed amongst us that it was he's, subtle on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's well, not just
2: flamboyant. He's, well, he, he may be cheating on, on Mary here.
0: Well, they were eyeing each other off pretty solid, but um. This leads then to they finally get a meeting with uh, the Mike Myers, the character played by Mike. That's uh, so good, Roy, honestly. Roy I'm a massive Taylor. Mike Myers Ray Foster, fan. Ray Foster was the uh, the manager, and he was unrecognizable. Did you recognize him as Mike Myers? Yeah, I, I did. I did because I'm he a massive Mike Myers fan. The whole movie, he's got his glass on the whole time.
2: You know, and, um, yeah, he does such a he plays such a good role there. I
0: reckon. And they well, he's pitching to them because case. What's next? And and I think this is the sort of the this really defined to me. If you look back and and if someone asks you to put Queen in a genre, mm. you couldn't. It's it's you can't say they're a rock band because they're not. You can't say they're a uh, you know pop band because they're not. They're, they're just undefinable. And mm-hmm. that is kind of where they end up going after this. And he he's the one who's funding
2: the album. They head
0: over oh, to rock. Can I just album. say? Yeah. I
2: think that. The, the problem I had with the movie at this point was I'm so confused by who the people are, not mm-hmm. names, but what the role is. So I think if you know the music industry, you understand there's a manager and then there's a record. Like who was like who? Is yeah, who. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Producers well, versus managers versus lawyers versus Foster. Foster was
0: from don't
2: think yeah. I don't think that stuff is obvious enough. Uh, obvious yeah. the What's obvious is that Foster, Mike Myers' character, has the say like he's the guy that rubber stamps it i get that and there's there's, there's gold records and there's an emi logo so that's what presents that he's from the record company but also earlier on they say emi called and we're going to so the guy that they met at the pub the manager is also from emi so it it kind of i struggled with that and i just don't know the music industry well enough to understand it
0: the point of that meeting was that okay here's a bunch of money go and make another album because the first album was <laughs> successful. They did a tour, was successful. So here's here's money. Go make an even better album. Mm-hmm. And then they head off to Rockfield Farms and you hear Freddie sort of tinkering sort of with the sort of music that you end up hearing in Bohemian Rhapsody. And they he has this, this grand vision for this song. And it was really interesting that all the different aspects he was introducing to it, including this.
1: Oh, go on, roll the tape. Uh, overdub
0: 24
1: of Fred's. <laughs> how was that? Better? Higher. Oh, yeah. Jesus, how many more Galileos do you want? Freddy wants to do uh, a few more overdubs. Do we even have any tape left? I do have to say, the tape is wearing out. It can't take much more.
0: So that just gave you an, in, an insight into, like, was, he, was Freddie, is was that sort of the, the line between madness and genius? It's sort of very thin mm-hmm.
2: here. So but people think, what is this? This is that first moment that I loved, and I mentioned in my tweet, of the, the creation process. You know, yeah. you, you think about music, you think of it as, as lyrics and, and notes, right? But, in fact, they create on the fly. And so one might come with lyrics, in many of the cases throughout this movie, and then they're just riffing to to create the actual music. And so with Rhapsody, it's like I want to do this. And you think about listening back to Rhapsody now, which I've heard a million times. Back to Mike yeah. Myers, you know, um, in Wayne's World, right? That's that's one of my my we'll <laughs> big moments. Um, yeah. But the the fact that he just he's just pushing for this thing that's in his mind that he, it's like he can't articulate it, and yeah. he just wants to keep pushing it and hearing it. I th- I thought that was a really good insight into this off-site recording studio process. Really cool. Yeah. Really, but I cool. think
0: it established too that he was a man of vision. He was sort of really believed in his vision, and he backed himself in this instance. Mm. And history shows it was a successful. The su- other successful. thing,
2: the other thing I picked up here uh, while they were at Rockfield Farms was uh, Brian May's relationship with Freddie. He's playing this riff on his guitar. And Freddie says, you know, do it with more of your body, or you know, give it soul. And and it, do you understand me? And Brian's just like, yeah, mate, Freddie, if you—that's what you want. For-. It was like it was a moment where I felt like there was a connection, was trust, between, there was a lot
0: of trust between. Th- them. There was yeah, a connection sure.
2: between those two that was different to anyone, any other duo in the band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that was highlighted there, which which well, I think is true.
0: Roger Taylor's contribution was, oh, I'm in love with my car. Remember, he and they backed that one, but. Um- <laughs>
2: We'll so they take that. they yeah. take Rhapsody, they've got a six minute song, they take it back to to the big EMI boss. Um, they have a massive argument about it, and it's it's a it's a huge problem. This is a really fascinating scene.
1: Bohemian <clears throat> Rhapsody. Rhapsody. What is that? an epic poem. It goes on forever, six bloody minutes. Oh, pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. <laughs> 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 that was a great line, too.
2: <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's the accent. It's the Mike Myers accent. He does accents and characters so yeah. well. that That's but just was, such a great character.
0: It was, uh, he's expressing his concern, of course, about you know, getting the song on the radio in, the, in this as well.
2: Right? It's it's too long to go on the radio. Um, yeah. it, 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 they walk out. They say, you'll be known as the guy who lost Queen. That's a really important moment. You'll be known as yeah. the bloke who lost Queen. They leave. They throw a rock through the window. But then you see... All these reviews come up on on screen, written yes. reviews on like Rolling Stone and all this, and they're all shit. They're all they're all like, hated horrible. it.
0: Yes, they did. They hated it. Yeah, they I hated, hated, hated the song. That. It was a, it was the review. It was the sort of the quotes coming up on the screen, mm. and not one of them was positive. They were all You're questioning it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like those hit movies that were that are hits today that were bombs at the box office. They yeah. sort of it, it has a life of its own. But you but, know what? End of the day, it's the the listeners who the fans who buy the records, not the credit. Yeah. So, and,
2: and and Freddie, Freddie has a mate and, and and again, this is one of those little touches, but you know, his mate's clearly gay. He's clearly, you know, met him on the scene. And yes. so he's got this in with him at a radio station. He's that's like yeah, Kenny we'll Everett,
0: you know, that was Kenny Everett. Have okay, you heard of not. remember Kenny Everett and the video his, his video show? I used to watch that as a kid. No. That was Kenny Everett, who at the time was a radio DJ, yes. So
2: so he gets it on the radio and that's what then, you know, takes this song to the next level.
0: Yeah, but then again, we're off on another world tour <laughs> and we're, we're off on the road again to promote this album, of course. So yep. uh, this album was called A Night at the Opera. And uh, so they're off on the tour to promote the, the band. And then we're already starting to see some tensions with, with Mary. We're, we're saying that you can see them drifting apart a little bit. Uh, and I think at that point where she says to him, he goes, look, I think, I think I'm bisexual, and because he can't say I love you to her. Remember that scene? Yeah. Where he says I love yeah. you, and he can't yep. say back. And he says, "Freddie," she says, "Freddie, you're gay. Admit it." Like, and it was a bit of a realization that okay, he had. It was like he felt, "Oh my God, she's she's looking right through me. She can see me." Mm. And it's true. Like they were very close, and she could look right through him. A lot of people might not have been. And, able to and have there's
2: it. the other part about her saying that to him when he says, "I'm bisexual," and she says, yeah. "Freddie, you're gay." That's, this is the one person on the planet that he trusts over and above anyone else saying that to him. It's like a, it's like a smack in the face realization it's critical and yeah. I, I think that that actually then you know it just escalates from that point he he then buys a, a lavish mansion, she moves in next door he has a wild party like crazy yeah. wild party. The band's there, but they up and leave real early because it's clearly not their scene you know they' they've got partners yeah they're, 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 they're married your... they've got kids yeah. it's a different scene and that's I think the first time you you see cracks. In the band, you know, because they've got this. They're out. He's having parties. They're going home. It's a very different but space.
0: Once, once, I think her, her telling him, "Freddie, you're gay." That was like a that was like a weight off his shoulders.
2: Yeah, it was like a rubber he, stamp to be yeah. gay.
0: And he he thought, well, you know, go big or go home now. And he sort of embraced it. And that's why we see the wild party and he starts drinking, and then. I think is where, is this where he bumps into Jim Hutton? Yes. Here comes his future pilot. Was he? Cause he's, you know, he's uh, sitting, he's sitting
2: there at the piano of
0: catering stuff, and
2: Hutton's just a, you know, a waiter or a catering stuff, cleaning up and, and he grabs Jim Hutton on the kind of inner thigh and as, and as if to grope him. And he's like, he's appalled. And you initially think this bloke's you know, not gay yeah. and whatever, but he turns out he is also gay, but he's kind of offended and they sit down, they have a lovely drink, but the line there, man is so good. You know, they they kiss. So it's, it's, it's on, but Freddie thinks, you know, this is going to be something, and Jim's like, dude, you need to get yourself sorted out. Call me, I think it says, call me when you like yourself. Yeah. Hey, mate, what a what a, what a was brilliant a awesome. line.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Well, that, that was. And we move on then to, I think this next scene is where we see the invention or the, the creation of the song, We Will Rock You. Oh, how
2: I do, love I, this. This many times you
0: clapped your hands man. and stamped your feet at this? Point. <laughs> So his his motive here, Brian May's like his his um, reasoning here is mm. we need to be bring the audience, make them part of the show. Because I think it was during the Rio tour, he was so that you could hear them all singing along, all and,
2: singing and they rhapsody. Were, oh, they were getting involved. They were loving the fact that they had audience involvement.
0: And I think we we also saw that um, that. Uh, Freddie was running late, so he's, he's, that was kind of his thing. He was always a bit late. You're late, they always say to him. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think that we, we then, as, as they were still sort of working out the song, the next scene is them at Madison Square Garden performing the song and Mary is there with her boyfriend. So some time has passed, yeah. so she brought her boyfriend David and meets Freddie backstage, and a little moment of awkwardness, but I think it's... But again, it,
2: little things yeah. little things happen here. It's like yeah. she's, she's backstage, fine. You think that's fine, but they're in Madison Square Garden. They're, they're on the other side of the Atlantic, So, and he says to them, you know, thank you for coming so far. So it's an acknowledgement of how far they've come, but it's also a smack in the face because Freddie thinks that Mary is his life partner... You know, she's always going to be there for him, even though he's gay. So it's like that, he he wants her as he a, asked, a pet.
0: Remember, he asked, "Oh, you're he not wearing the ring. ring?" Yeah, was that that scene? I think that was it. eh? Hey, yeah. you're not yeah. wearing
2: the ring anymore, right? Because it's it's kind of again, it's that it's like the start of the movie, which just escalated. Now it's just escalating towards the kind of the 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 next phase of the band, which is yeah. where, and this is an important part. He's got this. You know bloke with him everywhere uh, Print, printer, Paul
0: printer yeah
2: who who says to the to the manager he says look we've got an offer from CBS Was the CBS records yeah. um for for Freddie to go solo and he hands him the offer and the manager says have you discussed it and he goes no not really um and they they're in the car the manager brings up the the solo deal printer like looks at him as if to say I don't know anything about this yeah. Freddie fires him and I mean it's like it's you see this deceit, you see that Prent is not a guy that we can trust as an audience, but Freddie doesn't know that yet. So it, it puts us as a viewer in this different position where we go, hang on a minute, where we're now having to look over Freddie's shoulder for him because this bloke we can't trust. I thought it was a really well, fascinating was a way line. to create that.
0: Good line from Miles, the the manager saying you're firing the wrong snake. And Marie yeah. says in that, he kicks him out of the limo, but
2: yeah, uh, and it's still
0: all about the music, though. They get on
2: with it. That's right. Uh, you know, another one bites the dust is is created, and again, man, we watching... that was they
0: were in the middle of an argument. Remember, in the middle of an yeah. argument, and then and, John Deacon just John's goes, a doo, this. Doo, 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 and
2: it stopped them in their tracks. And 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 again, this is the little things, right? You realize it's not even in the script. It's something you have to interpret. You know, John's going do 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 do, and Brian looks at him and goes, "Just stop." That's a really cool riff. <laughs> and, and it's just like, it the, so all the arguments in the world are unimportant when we've just created something musically yeah. and that's what brings them yeah.
0: together, right? That's what kept them together for so it's long. And they, they, it, they, that comes they, up
2: it, later on too, you know. Yeah. It
0: comes up. Tell there were some little things that irritated them. Uh, there were irritations between them, but it was the music at the end of the day that kept them together. But see, as a, as a Queen
2: fan, I'm going, I've just watched Bohemian Rhapsody be created. Will Rocky be created. Another One Bites the Dusk be created. I am... Yeah unfortunately living um, biographically through a movie I get that um, and they're not fact but geez man they're the kind of great stories if if they're even half true they're great stories of, of musical creation
0: so we we get moving along here and you see there's a little bit of a montage of sort of mm. Freddie at the gay clubs and he's really cutting loose and it's it's London 1982 they've got another they've got another album to promote and there's this there's this really aggressive press conference remember this press conference? Mm. And he's getting peppered uh, with questions, and in particular,
1: about his private life.
2: Freddie, could you tell us about the rumours concerning your sexuality?
1: What about the rumours concerning your lack of sexuality? I'm just a <laughs> musical prostitute, my dear. So that was kind of in a nutshell what, what, what they were asking
0: about. And you got to remember, this is in the early 80s and yeah, they, I don't think had he come out as gay, I'm not sure he'd come out as gay. No, that's and the it was thing. one of the worst a- kept secret that he was yeah, yeah. at the time. So, um, he, he you know that, that after that intense questioning, there was that, that just created even more tension between them.
2: Because wasn't this the next bit where they've then created a, a music video um, in drag? All of the band. No, that was later.
0: In- that, that's later. Yeah. Really? That's a bit later. yeah, Yeah.
2: I think it's pretty much close here because then they go they go to break up um Freddie's talking about going solo because oh. he he says he's they're in this room together this big ornate ballroom in his buddy house uh-huh. and he says you know we're cop and criticism over this and that and it was he points at Richard and he goes it was your buddy idea to dress up in drag not mine and I'm getting all the fuck for it and then he stands at a window and he talks to them about um wanting to to go solo how much what did they pay you?
1: I want to know how much they paid Four million dollars. <sighs> That's more than any coin deal. Look, the routine is killing us. I mean, you must all want a break from all the arguments. I mean, whose song gets on the album? Whose song's the single? Who wrote what? Who gets a bigger slice of the royalties? What's on the B-side? All of it. You must need a break. Freddie, we're a family. No, we're not. We're not a family. You've got families. Children. Wives, what have I got? You've got four million dollars. Perhaps you can buy yourself a family.
0: And so that was that mm. was kind of the 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 moment where they thought, okay, I'm on my own. Yeah. He heads off to Munich, yeah. and I think at the t- that we're up to it's at 1984. So he's working on his solo album, but at the same time, there's parties going on, and and people being brought over, and you know the drink and drugs and the like whole this, this sidekick Snake.
2: On. Printer, who we're all printer, now going, yeah. you're, you're you're the you're the lowlife, is just feeding his yeah. his downward spiral, not not passing on messages from managers from Mary, you know, literally sheltering him from the world in 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 the worst of ways, and uh, yeah. it does escalate though, doesn't it? Because Mary it comes around, well, tells, Mary
0: does, and he he comes, pregnant. he comes to it. That's right, but he also comes to the realization that you know this place got to go, so he sacks Printer, and I think he, in in a downpour gets in a cab and. He's got a head off. Then the, the next thing we see is Prentice spilling the beans on TV about about Freddie and he goes, oh, yeah, sort of really sort of reveals a lot about him. Different the, 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 partner every night, you know, yeah. basically
2: just fuels the Just really
0: throws him under the bus. So, um, yeah. So, but and, and it also, like and he really at that moment... They want live aid. That, that, that's that's his right. Mind.
2: In this moment, in the rain, he realizes that Prenter hasn't passed on messages about live aid being a thing. He doesn't even know it exists. But he realizes he wants to be part of live aid. He talks about wanting to. He brings the manager and says, "I want to reconnect with the the mothership, and that he that he wants to meet with the band and talk about it."
1: Who wants to go first? I'll start. I've been hideous. I know that, and I deserve your fury. I've been conceited, selfish, but an asshole, basically. Strong beginning. Look, I'm happy to strip off my shirt and flagellate myself before you. So He's, he's quite
0: apologetic. He, he kind of says, well, look, I'm here. I'm here to work. Let's get this. Let's get the gig. Let's get together live aid is sort of everything for them mm. now they, they didn't yeah. want to miss out though i think they reeled off in that scene all, all the bands that are going to be there yeah. if we're not there it's going to be we're I going think, to regret it for the I think rest of freddie
2: says that doesn't he, he says if we'll yeah. wake up the next morning and regret yeah. this for the rest of our lives something we can't get back and then they eventually get squeezed into live aid
0: absolutely right and uh, they've they haven't played together it, it, there's the film shows here and Freddie knows his sick memory coughs into the tissue and there's little spots of blood on it. Um, and while they were after they were rehearsing, he, he tells them
1: something. Before you leave, could I have a second? Yeah, what's up? I've got it. Got what? AIDS. I wanted you to hear it from me. Fred, I'm so sorry. Brian, stop. Don't. But right now, it's between us, all right? Just us. So please, if any of you fuss about it or frown about it, or worst of all, if you bore me with your sympathy, that's just seconds wasted seconds that could be used making music so we there's
0: extra extra incentive now for them to get to the concert to be mm. the best they can be at this concert and we're sort kind of getting towards the that finale now
2: mate I've got to say that I, it's one of those moments and you know there's a lot of brilliant people who are struck down by illness and you know killed in tragedies and all that kind of stuff but it's it's like that moment in the movie really hit me because it's like this bloke's, you, you know from listening to him over the years, he's a genius, like he's vocal genius. I think through this movie I realised he's a creative genius as well and you just think to yourself, man, the unfairness of the world to have someone so brilliant... just struck down but then there's also the question of you know what would have happened if he lived for another 40 years would he have just ended up you know creating you know the same rubbish he made on the solo albums or would there have been more brilliance from queen we'll never never know but
0: i like what he said though he said look i don't want your sympathy let's make music Let's on
2: and the, this, this fascinating rap to the movie goes back a little bit because there's a moment where he's with Prentice still and he's he's in the bathroom looking through a phone book and he realises there's like 50 Jim Huttons in the phone book <laughs> because he's he's come to his senses. He wants to look this bloke up, but he yeah. does. He finds him. He knocks on the door and he says to him, do you realise how many Jim Huttons there are? And, and Jim Hutton says to him, I, I didn't want to make it easy for you. And he says, come with me and well, let's have a drink. And so he goes for a drink. But, it, but the next scene, he's at his mum and dad's house He's, he's basically announcing that Jim's his partner um, and it's a beautiful moment because he gets up, they're off to go to the concert, there's no time for anything, he hugs his dad. It's, it's a beautiful scene.
1: We've got to get to Wembley. Would you believe it? Jim's never been to a rock concert. That's true. Queen of at Live Aid. We're all doing our bit for the starving children in Africa and nobody's taking any money. Good thoughts, good words, good deeds like
0: you taught me, Papa. That was really nice, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, it sort of bookended the movie. Remember at the start, he—that was what his, da- his yeah. dad his dad to him, and he says it back to him.
2: Because again, and this is the you know part of the the screenwriting, but there's no conversation there about him being sick. There's no conversation yeah. about anything. It's you're either to assume that they've they know about they
0: it. Knew. I don't think he told them at that but, point.
2: But what I took from it,
0: we'll discuss that later in the fact or fiction.
2: Well, what I took from it was that. His dad could perceive it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just about the the good deeds. Mm. It was about the fact that his dad could see that he was, A, he was happy. He, he was happy with Jim. Yep. And he put his hand, they 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 held hands. I feel like as a parent, you perceive these problems. You perceive those things. And I think that's what his dad had. I think that's why his dad took that moment to to give him a big hug. Whether that's just, you know, screenwriting or not doesn't matter. But yeah. the 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 fast forward to the concert, man, I just I have so much respect for how this is well done, right? Because they didn't just – this, again, I I paused and went, still got 20 minutes to go, like 15, maybe 15 (laughs) minutes. I went, this is going to be – there's either going to be a long wrap-up or this is going to be epic. And they played, I reckon, 10, 12 minutes of Queen music, you know, interspersed with, you know, cuts and things. But so well done, man, that – they had a crowd there, right? They had like a speech. drone shot come yes. in and fly over the crowd. So and well like, done. Wow. Yeah. No, no, it didn't look ultra real to me, but it made me feel like they had filled an old Wembley. Because remember, Wembley, that Wembley, by the yeah, time this is filmed, changed. had been yeah. demolished. Yes. So it it's put a, you there, didn't it? Did it you, you were there. 100%. Mm. Oh. 100%. So yeah. well done to put him on stage. And having seen those performances over the years, his. Wardrobe, his mannerisms. I, I don't know if you've seen. I have seen before seeing the movie. I've seen the side by side YouTube videos where people have put Rami and Freddie yes. side by side.
0: That's part of my uh, things I why not know. We'll discuss that in it's, detail. It's just the, so well yeah. done, and, it's, it's, and, a, and no, then it just ends, mate. The movie, yeah, and,
2: and then it just ends, and they put up, you know, when he died and what happened to people. It's yeah. one of those ones where they go, right. There's no point acting out the the degradation of his health. There's no, no. point acting out any of this stuff. Let's just. Let's just end it on a high and tell people what happened. I agree.
0: I think that was a great, smart move. Imagine seeing him on his deathbed as the final part of this movie would have ruined it. I think seeing him at his peak, which was arguably this live aid concert, was a great way to finish it.
2: Because what do you do as a as a screenwriter or director? Do you have five minutes of him and Jim in a relationship, talking about how they have a relationship as a man with AIDS? You know, so many questions I have around that. But you know, clearly, what what we're left with is he he let he was happy with Jim. and he 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 left on a high there's actually much more to his career musical career after that but yeah. it didn't matter to show that because uh, yeah.
0: the point well, was live well, aid was 1985 and he dies in 1991 so there's still a bit of time after yeah. that but i think they finished it at the right moment at the at the end yeah, of yeah totally the yeah but uh, let's move in There are a lot of good lines in this movie oh, as well yeah. so um i i'm going to play the first one after this is when they meet the manager for the first <laughs> i love this
1: So this is Queen, and you must be Freddie Mercury. You've got a gift, you all have. So tell me, what makes Queen any different from all of the other wannabe rock stars I meet? I'll tell you what it is. We're four misfits who don't belong together playing to the other misfits. The outcasts, right at the back of the room, who are pretty sure they don't belong either. We belong to them. We're a family, but no two of us are the same.
0: So, that was so, so good, summed him up perfectly, didn't it? It, I... was a, it was a good way to answer his question. I think yeah. he got the question. He, I don't think he was expecting that answer.
2: No, no way. He was expecting such an intelligent answer from a bloke with big teeth. Said, you know, uh, you know, flamboyantly <laughs> dressed, wanting to be the lead singer of a big band. Remember they
0: said, "Oh, you look like a lizard." Remember, they said he has the frill neck. <laughs> yeah, the the frill neck, neck
2: lizard neck. jacket. It's like a puffy shirt moment. The um. <laughs> The 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 song, when they're talking to uh, the EMI boss about Bohemian Rhapsody, he, he describes it in the most perfect way.
1: True poetry is for the listener. It ruins the mystery if everything's explained.
0: Seldom ruins sales. Three minutes is the standard. John.
1: Yeah, we need radio. Format is three minutes. I have to agree with Ray. I actually think the single is love of my life. No. Okay, how about John's song? You're my best friend, you know? Ooh, you make me live, catch it, stronger. What about I'm in love with my car? <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. I love it. That. Well, that's the kind of song teenagers can crank up the volume
0: in their car and bang their heads to. Bohemian Rhapsody will never be that song. <laughs> How ironic that yeah. he says that because in Wayne's world, it's exactly what he does.
2: Yeah. It's we'll so about, well done. We'll talk
0: about that decision a little bit later in the things you might not know. Because that
2: was the first thing yeah. I, I I thought when he said the, the head banging thing. Because I'm thinking Wayne's World. You know, it's the it's the key moment. Yeah, in the in, car in yeah. the back of the
0: car. Yeah, I um, think the other good line you mentioned earlier was about when he first met um first met Jim, hmm. and it was Scott, it was a poignant moment where he says, "Look, I, I guess I like you, but come and find me when you like yourself." That was kind of a it, it was almost. Uh, a revelation to him thinking you know what this bloke might be right i've got to i've got to be because i think all his his confusion about his sexuality i think which which was starting to be sorted out at this point but i think that was a important moment for him not only in his life but also then future in their future relationship
2: another great moment was when that in that meeting uh with the lawyer before um agreeing to live aid when they were getting back together freddie freddie says let's face it we're just four ageing queens. Just to kind of, just to kind of, uh, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. It was very well yeah,
0: done because he just told me he had AIDS a moment ago. But at the end of that meeting as well, I think this is another favourite line. Also,
1: now you give me a chance to get my bitchy little vocal cords in order, and we'll go and punch a hole through the roof of that stadium. Actually, Wembley doesn't have a roof. <laughs> All right, he's right. It doesn't. And we'll punch a hole in the sky.
2: (laughs) Again, a great line. Yeah, a great line. And again, so that's what, this is what I wonder about those lines in a um, a biopic like this is, you know, did they happen? Because that line, you know, um, about being there for the um, misfits, you know, did that happen? Because if it happened, that's that's unbelievable. Or was that scripted? You know, Uh, how do you know? uh,
0: that was, I think, Freddie, in one of his many books written about him, I think that was sort of something he said about the band and how they were sort of four um, sort of out of shape parts. And that's so that's that's
2: nice. the artistic licence of a, of a screenwriter, isn't it, to say, look, he said this at some point in his career. Of course, yeah. So yes. let's just place it here because it of it works it's well, based,
0: right? based on a true story.
2: Sure, so you, sure. And that, we'll do that but, but I think in the end that's the problem. You know, as a movie buff, you know that, but I think as a viewer, like if Jackson watched this, my 14-year-old, who doesn't mind the music as well, he would see this as a documentary.
0: And it was, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, right. Okay. Big difference, right? That's fair. Okay, things you might not know, Trev. Um, live Aid, they considered that Queen's performance to be the best live performance in history, that 22 minutes. And here's the set list, right? Bohemian Rhapsody, Radio Gaga, Hammer to Fall, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, We Will Rock You, and We Are the Champions. Yeah. Is that a good lineup or what? And it ran for twenty-two minutes. That's it. They oh, were given twenty. They went for twenty-two. A little good. bit of hey, or,
2: yeah. took up the extra <laughs> two minutes.
0: And did you know that that the, that section of the movie, so them re, redoing the mm. concert, was shot on day one of production? Really? First thing they shot was that they'd rehearse for five it, weeks.
2: Let me guess why? Because it was the thing that needed the most work in post. Probably,
0: probably but it was they had five weeks of rehearsal. They uh, put – it, and and as you said, someone's put the real version next to the film version, and it's almost watching identical. I think there's one thing wrong. I think um, Freddie grabs something with his left hand instead of his right hand in the movie. I think Rami Malek changes hands. So uh, almost identical down to the last gesture. It's remarkable.
2: But uh – like also just think about how it was shot right so they used a bit of the bit of the on stage stuff but they also did some things like they they had a camera that went under the piano and and through like through his legs yeah. it, completely impossible but they they created a shot oh, that just gave you this they, they created a few shots that made it completely modern in its technique and for for a great shot for a movie but still within its time. It was it was just, yeah, man, it was wow. hard. And that's I could, I could watch that 15 minutes of oh, the movie again yeah, over do. and over.
0: And they replicated, of course, the set right down to the Pepsi cups on the piano.
1: Hmm. You know, there was
0: like drink cups. They, to the letter, if you watch the video, the side-by-side, it's identical. Yeah. Um, that Live Aid performance, you'd think, was massive for them, but apparently... It didn't revive their career in the US. They'd had a bit of a hit in the US, yeah, right. And um, it was, the, the, you know, I think they, they had dressed in drag just before this. So when they were doing "I Want to Break Free," and that didn't play very well in a very, at the time, very conservative United States. Right. They kind of they took a hit there as well. Uh, but it's funny we mentioned Wayne's World. That was when Wayne's World played Bohemian Rhapsody in the mu- in the movie Headbanging in the Car. Hmm. That. Propelled the movie to to song to more success than Live Aid. That Live Aid did. So well, Wayne's World gave him that. And and that,
2: that concert yeah. I mentioned earlier, the Live at Wembley CD, that was yeah. a year after Live Aid. So I think ah. what happened was they, you know, they had such a buzz from seeing such a big crowd. They went, we've got to pack this stadium again on our own. Yeah, that's good,
0: and they did. Yeah, and and the irony, of course, we've spoken about it, is that Mike Myers who plays Ray Foster <laughs> yes. in played Bohemian Rhapsody in Wainsbourg. And apparently he had some opposition. He, they were the producer of the movie saying it, it's though they, they doubted. This was the right song for the movie, but he insisted it was the right song and stood his ground a little bit like Freddie did in the movie, stood yeah, his right. ground about it. And um, that was, it, it helped the movie. Look at us. We're talking about it now, but it be- yeah. the movie become a hit. So uh, never doubt him um, just FYI. There was never a producer named Ray Foster. Oh. That character of his was completely fictional and invented for the movie.
2: Okay,
0: it was never a Ray Foster. So does that does
2: that to say it that it was
0: meant to represent a few people, a bunch of that? conversations? Yeah. So it's again, it's, it's yeah.
2: taking conversations with the, with the label. You know yeah. how they, how managers and bands refer to the label. Yeah. It's taking conversations from the label, putting them into two scenes in a, in one bloke's office. That's right. Makes sense.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody, when they recorded it, remember they were saying, oh, we're wearing the tape out? Yeah. That was actually right. They had 180 overdubs and literally almost wiped the tape out. They said they held the tape and the magnetic part of the tape was nearly transparent. They'd nearly worn it out. So um, they, had to, they had to change tapes at one point. Uh, would you believe the original choice to play Freddie Mercury was not Rami Malek? It was Sasha Baron Cohen.
2: I had heard that somewhere. Borat. Borat Mercury you know he does have a bit of the stance he'd be a bit tall too
0: tall he's too yeah. tall i think but yeah he was uh not a popular choice because brian may and roger taylor the real brian may and roger taylor were very instrumental in making the movie and they just right. thought he'd too much as a comedic actor they thought nah, he's too much of a comedy actor stephen frears was originally slated to direct it and he had he had also baron cohen in mind and um but they roger may and brian um Roger Taylor and Brian May didn't like their version of the, the script, the first draft of the script, and they kind of just dumped it. See, then...
2: I'd heard at the time it was released, I heard that because of their involvement, so because of the original band's involvement in the movie, you had this problem where the movie, was there even, you know, that that's one of the reasons the director changed because – originally they kind of wanted to go more into Freddie, you know, being yeah. gay and all that stuff. And so We're instead
0: just over the script. Instead they
2: wanted this movie to be about the band. And I have gotta be honest, I think that's the right decision. I think Yeah, yeah, I think it was fair. I think yeah. if if I'd have watched this movie and it was all about Freddie's sexuality and Freddie this and Freddie that, which it was, but it wasn't, do you know what I mean? Like I think it, it was had the right talents.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Uh there's some of the wardrobe used in the movie by Gwilym Lee, who played Brian May, and Ben Hardy, who was Roger Taylor. They were the actual clothing worn by the real Brian May and the real Roger Taylor. Wow! So they they gave them their wardrobe. Now Lady Gaga, whose real name is Stefani Joanne Angelina Germanata, reportedly chose her stage name after hearing the Queen song "Radio Gaga." Radio Gaga. Ray Foster, in remember during the when they're listening back to Bohemian Rhapsody, he goes, mm. "What the hell is Biz Miller?" Yep. That's apparently it's a, leaker, a lyric featured in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. It's an Arabic phrase commonly used by Muslims before doing something. It means I do this in the name of God. Bismillah means yeah, in right. the name of God. Joseph Mazzello, who played John Deacon, kid out of Jurassic Park, <laughs> learned how to play bass for the movie, had right. not picked up a bass guitar before this movie. And looked. hey, mate, I think, was, he, was that actually him playing another oh, one? Oh, us? yeah, because, like, it's a – Close to it,
2: close to This it, is going to yeah. sound ridiculous, right, but that's an easy riff to play on the bass. Is bass is, really? Remember, bass is only four. I played bass, yeah. like, for two weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, good idea. On, yeah. One time at band <laughs> camp. Um, but, you know, it is, it's a very – it's a repetitive thing. So okay. I All think right. that's a cool thing for him to do. I, I actually wondered watching the Brian May character on stage at the concert. You know, there's a lot of solo stuff there. They don't show all of it, but you know, there's yeah. moments where a guitarist would go, "Dude, you're on the wrong fret." So I wonder how much, yeah, well, that played in for him. I wonder how I reckon, accurate that well, was. Well, for they him. They,
0: would, they would have looked over their shoulder for sure. I reckon mm. they would have given them some tips. Imagine getting tips from the real people from Queen. Oh, That's pretty quick. Wow. Director Brian Singer was fired 2 weeks before the end of shooting. What? and his production deal was terminated he had a production deal with Fox and it was terminated apparently he would disappear for days at a time he claimed that he had uh, his fa- his uh, parents had health issues but Dexter Fletcher was uh, brought in to finish the movie as director but because Brian Singer had directed most of the film they kept, they kept he kept his director credit but it wow. was um, some pre- pretty well publicized dramas and it probably cost him a best director oscar nomination so uh, he wow. missed out there. Now, this when, this is the section of the show where we normally talk pot, plot holes, how did that happen? Mm. But I think being a based on a true story, we turn this section into factual fiction. Yeah,
2: okay. Good call. So here we
0: go, Freddie. Freddie, I called you. Freddie. <laughs> a, he did have, this is true, he had an art and design degree and designed the band's logo. Remember there was a scene yeah, where- yeah, he drew it. Ad- yeah, yeah that, that was true. Um, th- this is true as well. He refused to get his teeth fixed for fear it would affect his vocal ability. Yeah, right. So he kept them. Freddie and Mary Austin were engaged at one time yeah. and remained close. Freddie is actually godfather to her son, Richard. Wow. And remember there was a lot of cats in the movie? Do you yeah. reckon he was really a cat person? I think so. I think that would be a weird wow. thing to portray. He really was a cat person. He would call them from the tour, right, call his cats, and he would insist <laughs> they watch him on TV whenever possible. Good old Freddie. Now here's a part of the sort of the factual fiction that's uh, I've checked many sources here, but apparently the consensus is Freddie was not diagnosed with AIDS until 1987. Oh, so to well his, after Live Aid. After Live Aid, there is one thing I read that said that he was he knew as early as 1982. But I think that would have been a bit early. But most of it, the consensus is he didn't find out until eighty-seven. So I think that uh-huh. when
2: you're when you're making this movie, you're saying to yourself, like, uh, AIDS was a big thing uh, in yeah. the early eighties, right? So Passive, yeah. if he did get it early, you may as well play it into the movie. Otherwise, if we're ending the movie at live age, it never comes in. It doesn't make sense, right? Point. So just even just the coughing into the into the tissue and seeing blood,
0: subtle, yeah.
2: subtle, and and yeah. that's probably as much as he knew. He knew he was sick. Yeah, and, and he is, like I mean, mate, he the
0: clinic. He went to the clinic,
2: remember? And he yeah, was yeah. But remember, goes, yeah. <laughs> but if that happened in 1987, it, it doesn't make the movie, right? So I think yeah. as a screenwriter, you're going. They like, took
0: a license. He yeah.
2: knows. Like if you're Freddie Mercury and you are coughing blood in the early 80s, you know you've probably got AIDS, and you don't want to know because you know it's deadly. But
0: I think the decision, sort of the the whole point. Remember that at the point of the movie where he just he just made up with the band, so they got back together. Mm-hmm. He's sorry. That sort of added to the whole the right. reunion. Saying, "Look, by the way, guys, I'm sick." Yeah. Remember, they were crying and they were saying, "Oh, you're a legend, Freddie." He goes, "Oh, look, we're all just four aging queens." Yeah. But uh, what was accurate though was how we asked them to keep it a secret. Yeah. And they did keep it a secret. People suspected he was sick, like he was losing weight, a bit Steve Jobs style. Yep. Remember, he yep. was losing weight. Uh, but he publicly announced. Would you believe? He didn't announce he had AIDS until November the 23rd, 1991, oh. which was the day before he died. He announced wow. he had AIDS to the world one day before he passed away and he was just 45 years old.
2: Man, that was the bit that hit me, to be honest, in the movie. Yeah. Because it came up how old he was and I'm like, dude, I'm 45. far
0: uh, printer, remember he was really—he yeah. uh, was—he was given thirty-two thousand pounds to tell his story. Remember in the movie we saw Ooh. him on television. Yep. In actual fact, he sold the story to the Sun newspaper. He never shot. did a TV interview, and uh, he also died of AIDS three months before Freddie Mercury.
2: Oh wow!
0: And he was—he was kind of demonised in the movie, don't you reckon? Yeah. And like he—he he didn't. He didn't hold back news apparently about Live Aid and he was not sacked by Freddie Mercury until after Live Aid. So in okay. the movie he was sacked well before Live Aid in actual fact he was he was they parted ways after Live Aid. Okay. He's still a Um when Freddie announces his 4 million solo deal in the movie it sort of gave the impression that he was leaving the band in the lurch. Mm. In actual fact, they were all burned out at this time. And in 19, around 83, and they all agreed they needed a break. So that yeah, was when Spuddy right. did his solo bit was when they all agreed, you know what, well, let's take a break anyway. Mm. Just mm. for dramatic license, they thought, you know, let's just make it here where he tells them he's getting his money. Um, some of the songs and concert in the films in the film were out of order. In reality, mm-hmm. they wrote We Will Rock You in 1977. Ah, and yeah. not in 1980, as the film suggests. Huh. The Rio concert, remember, with one of one. the world's largest ever paying audiences, wasn't in the late 70s. It was in 1985 Oh, wow. <laughs> when they had that concert. So a little bit of a timeline adjustment just there. couple more. Did you notice, Trev? Did you notice the 20th Century Fox fanfare at the start? Was a it was different.
2: Yes. What was all that about?
0: It was guitar riffs arranged by Brian May and Roger Taylor, the two members of Queen rearranged, you know, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, change that to the guitar riff. Uh And did you also notice, now, you know, um, have you heard of Adam Lambert?
2: Yes, he's the new lead Queen with Adam Lambert, yep. Would you believe
0: that he was the truckie that gave Freddie the eye? Oh, no! That was Adam Lambert in, in a cameo appearance. Oh, he's what a new cracking lead. cameo. Yeah, and he became the uh, – I think he won American Idol and became the lead singer of Queen Arthur. That's a brilliant cameo.
2: Shoot, yes. man. So now
0: you will, not, you will not miss that if you ever – Although
2: watch. I've got to be honest, if Adam Lambert walked up to me in the street, I wouldn't recognise him because, again, hes he's got the flamboyance of Freddie Mercury. You, you recognise Adam Lambert yeah. because of his outfits and hair and all that stuff. So if he was wearing a trucker's cap, uh, I'm recognising. He
0: had a moustache too, a big moustache. He's mm. heavily, heavily made up. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the show, Trev. We're
2: mm. going to ask. I'm going to ask you now. Give us your wrap up and give us your rating. Uh, I love the movie. I'll watch this again. I will watch this again. Yeah. Um just I because think we'll I,
0: watch it a bit different this time. Um, some of the things you said and some of the things I noticed, I reckon we'll watch it a little in a with a different eye.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, Although I'm not yeah. worried about picking it apart factually or timeline-wise. That that's yeah. interesting, but I'm, it doesn't it's change the right movie eye. for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I really, I really, I'm looking forward. To, I watched this with Jacko. I reckon because he he's, yeah, he's right. into this kind of thing. Is, it, um, is it, It's not not a bad, not too many. I think it's well done in the the way it addresses sexuality in both ways. Is yeah. well done. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's to be congratulated for that. It, yeah. it could have been a much more intense movie in that sense, but it yeah.
0: didn't need to be. I'd The studio would have said, "You know what? You know, of course, we're going to address that. That's kind of the elephant in the room. But right, mate, we, want, we want this to be appealing to as many people as possible." M-
2: let's be completely frank. The the truck stop scene
0: could have, have been anything, it Yeah, it could have been. It
2: could have gone in there. Could have gone you could have, right, yeah. could have seen under the door, like on his yeah. knees. you don't need to see any of that.
0: Less is more here, yeah. Less is more. It's, Absolutely. it's perfect
2: because it's your imagination that, that paints yeah, the right. picture there. You're mate, right. I think, mate, this is a nine, nine and a half for me.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I really love this movie. I've seen it several times. I uh, it is out on 4K as well. You can watch it on Fetch, of course, but it is a good, good watch. I really enjoyed this one.
2: Yeah, one of my faves. It. Get it up. Turn on your Fetch. Do a voice search for Bahamian Rhapsody, or check it in the movie store, and uh, you'll find it there to rent or buy. Um, add it to your wish list if you haven't got time. That's what you got to do.
0: All right, another one bites the dust, Trev.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next week oh. we're looking at risky business. Wow!
2: So wow.
0: Uh, get uh, warm up your Porsches and put on the Ray Bans. We're watching risky business. It's yeah, well. one of that's one of Haven's favorites. Favorite. So maybe oh, we will rock you. you. I can't (laughs) – not bad, not bad, not as bad, not as good as another (laughs) one.
2: Definitely not, no.
0: Good on you, Trev. Thanks again for the show, mate, and uh, keep watching, my friend. Talk to you next week.